TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to episode 400 of 100 Not Out. That's right, 400 Not Out. This is a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you. And more importantly than 400 Not Out is the fact that it is the birthday boy of one of the greatest men ever born. He is pretty much the greatest showman on the planet when it comes to (laughs) health and wellness. Eat your heart out, Hugh Jackman, because it's Dr. Damien Christoph's 47th birthday tomorrow. So, bugger 400 not out. It's 47 not out for the great man, Dr. Damien Christoph. How are you, legend? Oh, great. Thanks, Piercy. Thank you so much. Um, So wonderful to see so many people on here. I figure you've got something to do with this because we've never had this many people join us with a live. So, it really is wonderful. Great to have everybody here. And PC, congratulations. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here at 400. There's no way. There is no way um, that we would have got this going and um, and no way we would have got it to 400 if it wasn't for you. And your introductions, your research, your everything that you do to make this an unbelievable podcast. And we wouldn't be going to Ikaria if it wasn't for you. And we wouldn't be doing Sardinia if it wasn't for you. If it wasn't for you, there'd be no longevity in the world. Well, if it wasn't for you saying yes to coming on... I'd be talking to myself and a lot of people would have turned off very quickly. Now, it's your 47th birthday tomorrow and so I have taken upon myself to put this episode as a love letter to Damien Christoph. Today's episode is all about you, Damo, because it's your birthday and I think that when you get to the age of 47, you can tell me because I don't know, I'm, I'm 39, but I think you begin to reflect on the impact that you've had in your life. I'm sure you think of Jackson, you think of your personal life as a family member and a friend, a son and a brother. I'm sure you think of your life as a chiropractor and a naturopath. But I reckon that it's a really good opportunity to do what I like to do in the Pierce family and it's when it's someone's birthday, we're sitting around the dinner table and I like to initiate an exercise called What I Love About the Birthday Person. So if it's Darby's birthday, what do we love about Darby? We'll go around the table. I think today that our listeners here on Facebook can can pop in the comments one of two things, what I love about or what I've learned from Damo because if you've listened to 400 episodes, if you've come along to a wellness summit, a crack your stress code, a power of food, you've been a Vita or Vitality or Trelgan chiropractic in the old days. If you've been to New Zealand to see Damo, watch Downsize Me, listen to Triple M, heard him on any of the uh, radio networks around the country, you have learned something from Damo. And great man, this is not a this is your life, but it is a 20-minute powwow on the impact that you've had on our lives. And uh, I'm going to kick it off because Leo's like to lead. Um, and I'm going to share with you just some of the things I've learned whilst the comments come in, and then we'll just start. I know you're going to get really uncomfortable about this, so you should because it's your birthday. Oh, and so, un- so uncomfortable. Oh, you don't have to talk in this episode because I think this will be really informative for people when they, as I have, write down all of the things that they have learned from one person. So my list is not exhaustive, but it is just a little 
insight as to what I've learned personally from you, and I think others will agree. So, um, I learned what an omnivore is from you because I was a raging vegan when we first met, <laughs> and I didn't know what an omnivore was. <laughs> I think I learned that at a at a power of food in one thaggy. Um, learn about the palm method, which many of us would know about from your great uh, insights, and the two fists together, which which is a part of our family values and culture. If if people are saying I'm hungry, I'm like, all right, we'll pop your two fists together, and how much have you eaten, all the rest of it. So, two fists is a big demo insight. Um, I reckon you first introduced me to probiotics, and I just always talk about LGG. That's definitely a demo thing. Um, big one. Your diet dictates eighty percent of your body shape. Now, now, happy for you to just add a bit to this, but I think about this a lot, because particularly I do want to lose a few kegs off the uh, off the belly, and I'm like, okay, I've got to move well, but I also have to ascertain maybe what uh, the diet is as well. So that's a big one. Um, I'll throw down to a few of the listeners because I don't want to just bang on about my list the whole time. Damo, Wendy Stewart loves your authenticity. Um, Peter Leonard, I listened to the podcast on the wellness guys with Dr. Anna Rubenstein about rites of passage. Damo went went to it. Did you go there with Jackson? Yeah, I did. So um, Anna was a Melbourne ex Melbourne grammar boy, and um, he piloted a program with with Melbourne Grammar. After I watched it, after I um, after I read the book, I was speaking to Matt Hunier from Melbourne Grammar about it, and I said, Matt this is something we should do at Melbourne Grammar. He goes, what a great idea. So we contacted Anna, and then through Anna, we managed to get it going. Someone at the at Melbourne Grammar donated a teepee, uh, which would, would sit 40 people inside this teepee. And so we kept the, the, uh, like the group to 40 people. So we had 40 people come from Melbourne Grammar, and we went up to um, uh, Wood, whatever it is. Wood End. In, um, would end. I'm my first girlfriend from Would End. My first adult girlfriend, anyway. Oh, really? Well, so then we. Hello to Catherine Quinn, if you're not listening. And, and did this rites of passage thing and took all these boys on it, and um, unfortunately, it never got off the ground at Melbourne Grammar. They never, never repeated it. But it was, I can tell you this right now, the single best thing that Jack and I, apart from going to a couple of grand finals, ever did, <laughs> that Richmond one, um, that we ever did together and it was out and we've traveled all around the world together but jackson would say this too that that experience for him and that experience for me was just unbelievable and i recommend that rites of passage event with anna to dads you know almost every week i would recommend people to do it it's unreal and pete i'm so happy that you're doing it that's unbelievable so not only is pete doing it as a result of listening to you have a chat with anna he is now uh, conducting Anna's rites of passage event in Canberra after being trained by Anna. So that's just a that is just a ripple effect of your impact on Pete Lennon's life. This is good. The Palm Method changed Wendy Stewart's life. Um, Did you see Ravi's working? What I love about Damo, this is Ravi. What I love about Damo is his generosity and friendship. His mind and good looks intimidate me, but looking beyond that, I'm fortunate to be his mate. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way Ravi writes. Loz Michelle, yeah, so funny, I love how welcoming Damo is. His vibration is always high. He's warm, except when Richmond lose. He's, he's warm and calming. <laughs> uh, 
energy who everyone wants to be around. You always are left feeling like you have a best friend and that he cares. That is so true, Loz. Beautiful words. Robin White says, I love Damo's easy laugh and easy conversations. Yes. The big easy. I like that. I like that. I think one of the most understated insights that you've ever given is the C and E connection of foods. Foods that begin with C and E, not just beginning with carbohydrate, cake, chocolate, coffee, caffeine, Coke as in the stuff you drink and then Coke as in the stuff you snort, cocaine if you're being really conservative about it and proper, cookie, champagne, cheese. Cheese. I've I've matured now to cabbage and chamomile, cabbage in the morning and chamomile (laughs) at night. I don't have any of those things previously mentioned. I've learned a lot. That was accidental, you know. That was accidental. That was on the set of Downsize Me um, and it was accidental. I hadn't even thought about it. So I think we'd, I just maybe it was not on the set of Downsize Me. It was when I was doing Downsize Me. I was in New Zealand. I was doing the power of food and uh, I said, you know, you always crave stuff that start, you know, you crave stuff. like You crave carbohydrates. So they start with CNND and then it went to what, what do we crave? And then all of a sudden it, <laughs> everything like, that we crave starts with C and N's and E. And I just thought that was hilarious. Anyway, I've continued to say that. I'm happy to own that one um, from 2004, maybe 2005. Yeah. It's a long time. Mate, if you were more Insta-famous, you'd make an infographic about C and E and it would go mental. It would go viral. It'd be all over the world, this infographic with all of these words of crave. All from that presentation, uh, Pete Lennon has learned everything he needs to know and a bit more about poo. He, I don't know if he said he doesn't need to know any more about poo, but he's definitely learned everything yeah. he needs to know about There's poo. There's so much to learn about poo. There's so much to learn about poo. Loz Michelle says cuddle, and uh, I agree with you, Loz. Um, yeah, that's a good crate. And Damo, Damo likes to use cuddle. It's a, it's a strong part of his vocabulary. Speaking of which... Complete tangent because mm. I see that my sister Olivia is on Did here and she says, Did I teach you hand cuddles? Yeah, hand cuddles is definitely from you. Um, but Olivia is impressed with our vocabulary. She, I spoke to her on the phone yesterday. She's very impressed with, with our vocabulary because Olivia is a teacher in training and so she's uh, acutely aware of people's vocabulary. And uh, she thinks we use really big words on 100 Not Out, which I think is incredible because <laughs> I don't know that we do. But um, she listened, Olivia listened to 50 episodes, Damo, which I was touched as her brother. She listened to 50 That's episodes right. and said that she just laughed and laughed and laughed. So we might be half oh. funny, you and I. Um, but one more C and E word. Yeah. One more C and E word is, and this is really corny, but it's very heartfelt, is care. You are one of the most caring individuals I've ever met. I would go as far to say that sometimes I think you care too much because you are such a feeler that you are like the best friend. You're there for everyone. You're not an empath. You're not like a chronic empath. Like uh, it's silly, but you just care. And it's I know you've said it before on other episodes. You have a uh, a trigger for injustice. It just goes to show how much you care. But but in that, one of the biggest insights I've ever learned from you was in a double episode we did on this podcast, um, which was like a summary of Crack Your Stress Code, and you said, and I wrote it down here, you stress about the stuff that you care about. No stress equals no care. So think about that and stop demonizing stress so much because it's okay to care, which means in other ways it's okay to stress. It's just how you go about dealing with it. But, you know, that's a reflection of who you are as an individual. You're a very caring 
human being. Great man. Thank you, Piercy. Appreciate that. It's very, making me very uncomfortable, but thank yeah, you. Yeah, how are your discomfort yeah. levels out of 10 right now? Are you like in mass awkward I'm mode? Or? I'm glad I've got a dark shirt on because you would uh, definitely <laughs> feel, you'd see stuff that I can feel. Are there sure. coins, are there, there, there coins of sweat developing under there? Little beads. <laughs> uh, Wendy Stewart says, Damo and I are from the hood, and I love that we have so much in common, and Damo actually gives a crap about each of us. There you go. Purple hearts galore. I do actually. Yep. I do actually about everybody. That's so true. Um, and I love that you love footy as much as I do, Wendy, as well, by the way. Yeah, that is good. That is good. Helen Pocock says, you definitely make me laugh every show. That's good. That's, That's good. great too. I think well, one of the things that t- makes me laugh about you, Damo, is your intense your intense mastico mesophobia. I didn't bring any <laughs> chocolate. I've got a cup of tea here. Anyone that doesn't know what that is, Damo just cannot cannot deal with the noises that you make when you eat in front of him. So I'm just going to slurp my tea. I, I never slurp my tea, but just for you. Uh, I'm going to mute. I've oh, that was that was a terrible microphone. slurp, actually. It was it was far too smooth. Um, I muted my microphone so I couldn't hear it. But for those that are listening, <laughs> those that are listening for the first time, can you explain your mastico, mesophobia, phonia? Um, <laughs> so... There was a TV commercial back in, the, let's say it's the 80s or 90s, um, where the presenter of the TV commercial brings a Mars bar to the microphone, takes a bite out of it, and then pulls it away. And I think the whole idea was to show everybody that if you bought, if you bit into a Mars bar, there'd be this caramel that, kind of stringy bit that comes off it, right? So already that's disgusting to see what came from somebody else's mouth, right? Bang. <laughs> And then for the remainder of the commercial, you hear, mmm. And I'm like, that's disgusting. So from that point on, from the Mars Bar commercial, which has stuck with me for the rest of my life, and it will to the day I die, I've had an aversion to the sound of people chewing um, and drinking and slurping. So I could be in a restaurant. There might be 500 people in this restaurant and there's noise all over the place and I can hear the bloke over there who's chewing with his mouth open. It's disgusting and I can I just hear it. It's so bad. It is, they're disgusting. It's you know, Anyway, I hate it when people chew their food, like take a bite and go, mmm. I'm like, do do you have to do that? Anyway, so I thought I, there must be a condition. I, there's got to be something wrong with me because it doesn't upset everybody else. So I tried to find the condition, and there's no condition. So then I had to pull together the words that describe it, and that's mesomasticophonia, and it, it that describes the fear of the sound of someone chewing. That's that's what that describes. And so I put that on Urban Dictionary, created the, created the word, and uh, put it on Urban Dictionary. It is gross. It's so disgusting. Lives with me. Julie Hill's with me, and uh, Wendy is with me. I'm sure there's heaps more people that are with me on that one. There's no oh, doubt about it. You're not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. Hello to all of our friends at Eat Loudly. Um, I am. I know. Love it of MJ. Um, we do have a joint love of MJ. Um, now, one of the great nutritional nuggets of knowing you has been. Drink coffee around 45 minutes after your meal. Or just mm-hmm. drink coffee after food. But, you know, if you want a gold medal, about 45 minutes after. Um, and 
don't be surprised if on the 12th minute post-coffee, you find yourself <laughs> sitting on the loo. Not seven minutes, not three minutes, not 10 minutes, about 12 <laughs> minutes. I know this because if I walk the long way home from the cafe, it's a You're little in bit of a hot shoe shuffle in the last 200 meters. <laughs> So just for those so people, true. don't think of that visual too much, but for those people that are wondering about this, can you educate people on why coffee does, well, one, why why should you have coffee after a meal, not before a meal, not on empty stomach, and why does it make yeah. you go to the toilet so quickly? Well, the slowest reflex in the body is actually uh, the hunger reflex. So it's a reflex that's chemically mediated. It's not a, a neurological reflex, and it sends different chemicals through the bloodstream when you're when you're now full. So when you're full, your appetite switches off. That's still a communication to the brain, but that's a hormone-based reflex, and it takes time to actually get there. So like hormones are slow, nervous systems fast, and um, and a sympathetic nervous system uh, response or a sympathetic response is immediate. Like it's it's like that. It's, uh, it reminds me of a joke, like it, you didn't have time to think, blink, or turn the light on, you know. So that's, uh, the, that's a sympathetic response. And so when you have caffeine, caffeine, um, when it is absorbed within, you know, three to ten minutes or three to seven minutes of absorption, you've triggered a sympathetic stress response because of the caffeine that you're absorbing. And it, it triggers the adrenaline, adrenaline secretion from the adrenal glands. That then sets up a cascade of sympathetic response, um, which will constrict different um, arteries and different uh, vessels, um, dilate different um, areas within the body. And one of the things that you do when you're stressed is you dump and run. So you literally trigger the colon to get rid of the increased peristalsis. And what happens when you increase peristalsis is you in increase the rate at which things move through the gastrointestinal system. So for me, if you want to get the most out of your meal, you want to digest the food most efficiently as opposed to move the food through as quickly as you possibly can. So you want to digest your food, have it stick around for 12 to 24 hours, then you want it out. You don't want it to be moving out sooner than that, and, uh, and that's why you don't want to speed up digestion once you've just eaten the food. So you want to make sure it's all chewed into your duodenum, breaking down with the bacteria, the bile, the hydrochloric acid, the everything that's in the small intestine, break it all down, absorb all the bits that you need. Um, then once it gets to the colon, if it comes out a little bit, you know, quick, then that's not a problem. You can absorb water another way. But, you know, ideally you're going to punch out a log, which we always talk about, and number four should be your number two. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? I got on, my four, on the 400th episode. Yeah. And my birthday, I get to talk about poo. There we go. All right, well, let's just, let's go a little bit into this because there's one thing I'm still yet to find out, having known you for probably 480 episodes in terms of duration of time. Yes. Um, the world, including me, surely is in a state of utter confusion around breakfast because now people are having bulletproof coffee <laughs> for breakfast. Now, breakfast is on the nose. You don't eat it. It used to be the most important meal of the day. Um, I know people, and this is not to say they're wrong by any stretch, but I know people that just live on coffee up until, I don't know, halfway through the day. And then they eat, and it's, again, past of fasting. And, again, there's no judgment, no, that it's wrong. All I'm saying is, because I've got here and when I was reflecting here, still yet to find out, is breakfast any good? Because I do like hmm. my breakfast. Yeah. Uh, but 
breakfast is the new devil when it comes to food because if you're not fasting and having a bulletproof coffee in the morning, you're not up to speed with the latest cutting-edge science when it comes to nutrition. <laughs> well, I know that Giorgio is going to be watching this. Giorgio Stefanados, he's going to be watching this and listening to this. There's absolutely um, no doubt about it. And the reason why I say that is because there's a lot of people out there and it could be, you know, Millsy might be watching this, maybe even DJ could be watching this. There'll be a bunch of people out there and Dino that are looking to find ways in which they can either shortcut or biohack their way into great health or longevity. What's that? So I said shred. They want to shred. Shred. They want to shred, yeah. They want to – So, that, but the reality is is that there's metabolic processes that take place within the body that are irrefutable. So if you cause stress to your body, there's an upstream and a downstream consequence to stress. One of the things that we know about the whole of existence is that if we are in a stressful situation or a stressful environment, then that will negatively impact on our body if stress is prolonged, right? We know that. We know that the number one cause of disease in the world is stress, whether it be chemical, physical, or emotional stress, uh, that stress is the number one trigger of all disease, hands down. Cancer, diabetes, heart disease, osteoporosis, osteopenia, whatever you want, inflammatory bowel disease, it's always stress that drives it, chemical, emotional, or physical stress. And so in the pursuit of longevity, which is where I like to play, I'm going to do what people who have lived a long time have done. And no one has lived to 140 yet. And I know that there's people out there who are commentators that say that we can live to 140 or that we're being sold short when they say when we say that you can live to 120 and that they're going to do it, you know, 10% better or because the technology we've got around nutrition these days is better that they should be able to live. It hasn't been proven yet. So um, when I speak to Thea and um, um, Tula and Vula and Yanni, Joanna, Yanni and Joanna and Yanni, none of them are biohacking. They're not biohacking. They're not taking bulletproof coffee every single morning. In fact, PC, as we walked through the cabins of Ikaria, the one thing that we noticed that was missing was coconut trees. So there's no way that they could be bulletproof coffeeing because they can't get MCT and they can't get coconut fat, and they're not going to waste butter, which is cream. They're not going to waste butter in a coffee. They just they would look at us and go, "Are you ridiculous?" So we're not going to even consider that. So I got asked today from a bloke who I play golf with, "What do you think of peptides?" I, I said, "They're great." He said, "Should I take them?" I said, "Do you eat you know do you eat food every day?" He goes, "Yeah." And I said, "Well, you're already taking peptides." He goes, "What do you mean?" I said, well, you're getting peptides from the food that you're eating because you break it down to the smallest component. Then the body will actually absorb amino acids and then create peptides. If you buy peptides and eat peptides, they all get broken down into amino acids and then they get you know, reconfigured again um, in the bloodstream. And that's, that's what happens. So you, don't have, you can't biohack your way through life. And that's, I suppose that's a long answer to a, a short question. No, but, um, that's good. Anyway. That's good. Uh, so, I'm gonna happy birthday! Breakfast. I'm going to keep on eating. Yeah, breakfast. keep eating breakfast. You need to break fast. Yep. I still don't know yep. um, if three square meals 
or grazing. I don't, I, I, as you know, I'm a grazer and I know that you are one, two or three meals and you have a very different, shall we call it constitution. Are you on this, um, is this something the longer you live and the more people you see and speak with in the rest? Do you think there is a one size fits all to eating in terms of uh, amount of food? Or do you think it is a, you know, it's like coffee. You've got the slow metabolizers and the fast metabolizers. Like if Sarah has a coffee in the morning, which she doesn't because she'll just be wired still at 10 o'clock that night. Is it the same difference with different body types in relation to how often they eat and the quantities of their, um, of their meals or snacks? Well, what it, what it appears to be is that we probably require about three lots of food equivalent per day. So if we talk about the palm method, we need three lots of two fists uh, throughout the whole of the day in terms of food. That's what we need. Now, some people can eat more than that because the bacteria they've got in their body uh, will limit the amount of calories that they're going to absorb and there's other things that happen in their body which will you know, improve the way in which they burn fuel and uh, and then maybe even repair muscles and store fat, et cetera, et cetera. So everyone is slightly different. But what we do need is the equivalent of six fists a day of food. That's that's mm. what we need, six fists a day of food. Um, so if you want to break that into six meals, five meals, three meals, whatever, that's fine. And if you want to fast, that's totally fine. But don't say that it's intermittent if you do it every single day because that's now no longer intermittent because that's just – I fast. I don't eat until twelve, um, and and that that's just what it is. So don't intermittent fasting is when you do it from time to time, um, not when you do it every single day. Uh, so uh, I think that you've got to eat a certain amount of food to maintain your metabolism. If you don't, long term there'll be implication for it. So and, and the flip of that is if you overeat, then there'll be long term down the track implication for it. This is really good. I'm learning. Is it so? Is it three fists or six fists a day? Well, it's six a day because you want two lots of the three want three lots of two fists. Oh, that's so good! All right, yeah. that just that just makes me feel so much better about me grazing because I wouldn't have yeah. I'd have I'd have six fists a day, but I don't think I'd really go you to would. seven. Um, nah, I don't eat that much and, at lunch. And the world has finished spinning like in a full rotation. By the time you finish dinner, anyway, so like because you're the slowest on the planet. So by the time by the time you get to your seventh fist, it's already the next day. That's true. Well, I pretty much we have breakfast about seven thirty in the morning and dinner at about five thirty. Yeah. And yeah. Um, if Sarah's gone a bit early, I don't really have a snack at night. So um, everyone that loves their fasting would be like, "Cool, man, you're on a fourteen ten. and I'm like, "Am I? I'm just having breakfast." Lunch and dinner and a couple of snacks in between. But um, yeah. yeah, I think that's good though. Six fists, however you have it, just pretty much, would you say don't have six fists in one meal? <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah, I think that would create a fair bit of um, challenge to the gut. There's yeah. no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. In fact, it's something I discovered yesterday in having a consultation with somebody is that you, this this particular person responds really well to small meals throughout the day and doesn't get bloated. If she has three meals, then she gets bloated. If she has five meals, she doesn't get bloated. Same amount of food, 
just spread out. So even from a digestive load perspective, she handles that better. So that taught me something yesterday, just finding mm-hmm. that out. The other thing I found out just recently, and uh, I was I was looking at somebody's metabiome uh, profile, looking at the type of bacteria that this person carries, um, and I worked out that she um, creates too much gas from eating too much fiber, and as a result of creating the gas, causes um, paralysis of her gut. And so I said, you've got to go keto. By going keto and decreasing her fiber, we increase the rate at which her bowels moved. Amazing, you know. Like so, there's still so much stuff that I'm learning every single day. So, and yeah, incredible. and you, I love, I love that you love learning. I love that you love learning. And Pete Lennon loves. I uh, also the ring I love about Christmas approaching is that somewhere around there, Damo is going to predict health trends for the next twelve months. I love that as well. And that is coming up in uh, yeah. five or six weeks. Um, yeah. I don't know what we're going to do about live recordings at Christmas time. That could get a little bit awkward on the on the calendar, but we'll work something out. We might have to do a couple of double episodes um, mm. leading up to Christmas. Damo, this has been a joy. I've just gone through a little skimming and uh, our listeners and viewers have put in some wonderful comments here. Yeah, on behalf wonderful. of everyone, very sincere uh, happy birthday to you, great man, and thank you for joining me. 400 times on this episode and sharing your wisdom with all of the 100 Not Out family. We absolutely love you and thank you for your contribution to society thus far and look forward to another 47 plus years ahead. Thank you, PC. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, as I said, and I tell you this every time I see you, every time we go for a walk, um, every time we have hand cuddles, uh, <laughs> we don't have hand cuddles. We don't. We could, we should maybe, we but should. we don't. Um, but, uh, every, every time I catch up with you, I can't express enough gratitude uh, for you for what you've brought into my world, and it's because of 100 Not Out that um, I think I have the happiness that I do. So, th- as well as my practice, but you know, 100 Not Out gives me so much joy. I just love it. I love it. So, thank you, uh, big man, great man, PC. Without you, I'd be nowhere. So, thank you, and uh, congratulations, <laughs> 400 years. And um, 400 episodes, I mean, not 400 years, 400 episodes, it's great. And uh, my birthday is just, you know, it's another day, but this is a, this is a milestone, 400 episodes. It's great. Uh, there's no such thing as another day with a birthday. Thanks, Legend. Uh, guys, to find out more about Damo, head on over to DamienChristoff.com. You can connect with Damo. Damo can speak for your company. You can go and see Damo at Vita. Uh, you can draw on that wisdom in a number of ways. Myself, head on over to marcuspierce.com.au. Big shout out to everyone that makes this podcast possible. Cielo for your social media support. Annie Council for your help on Instagram. Uh, to Joseph Tomo, our wonderful editor, and to our 100 Not Out community. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your support. Over 400 episodes. We look forward to another 400 plus. Cannot thank you enough for your support of our message. And until next time, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.